Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. I am so excited and intrigued to have on Jeff Rains tonight from the hard rock band Rains, and we are going to bring him on in a moment. He is going to be the first interview on the Carrie Edelman Show for 2012. So first, I want to just kindly start out by saying thank you to everyone so much for the past year since I launched this show back in April of 2011. And it's just been such an amazing journey, and I've had so many amazing guests on this show. And just want to thank everyone for their support, um, because I'm sure Jeff will talk tonight, and he can relate about hard work, perseverance, and being motivated in any related entertainment field to get to where you are uh, in this world today, especially with the way things have changed since the music industry is so different than it once was. So before I bring them on, as I mentioned, um, again, thank you to everyone and wish everyone a happy new year. And I just want to give everyone a little bit of background on my show and myself um, before I bring him on. So I started the show, as I mentioned, in April of 2011. And the concept of the show began with um, my own experiences in the music and entertainment industry. Um, I'm a solo, solo artist. Excuse me, and I have my own album out. If anyone's interested, you could check it out under Carrie Edelman, titled Leave It All Behind. And I also have a background in clinical psychology. Um, I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and I work as a clinical psychologist um, primarily in the air, areas of uh, clinical and forensic-related fields, and specifically corrections. So I really um, have always enjoyed interviewing people, and I wanted to comb- excuse me, combine my two backgrounds. Um, to bring them together and bring people on in the entertainment industry to help promote them and support them and uh, bring their products out to the masses. So that was the concept of this show. I personally know managing everything I've done on my own, um, how difficult things can be, and so the show really was launched as a forum to support people in the entertainment industry. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, the experiences they've encountered, as well as learn what it's like to be in their profession and field. A couple of things I just want people to please keep in mind is that although I am a clinical psychologist, the show is not meant by any means to be providing any type of formal therapy or treatment. Um, I'm more than open to throwing around psychological terms and concepts, but they'll be discussed in a much more broad and uh, general format than personalizing them to people. And I'm sure Jeff can relate to his own crazy experiences in the music industry because, believe me, I have my own too. Um, So he can feel free to talk about anything he'd like tonight too. And I also just kindly request that people, if you want to talk about any potentially humiliating, embarrassing, uh, intriguing stories that are potentially controversial, um, just to keep any specific person's names or organizations out as the show is not meant to embarrass anyone or humiliate anyone, but I do want my guests to feel that they can be real and talk about whatever they'd like on this show. So if you are tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com, and also feel free to join us in the chat room. Um, I do have a chat room open I am a one-person show here, so I will go back and forth. And if you want to call in to ask questions, you can dial 805-243-1320. So let me give you some background information on the Hard Rock Band Reigns and Jeff Reigns. And um, just this is kind of interesting. I thought of this when I was preparing the interview and doing my homework and research on the band. Um, I actually remember communicating briefly with Jeff through MySpace. This was probably back around in 2008-ish 
when uh, MySpace was this, you know, viable social media site that people were using and bands were using to launch their careers and their music. And um, I recall uh, very vividly um, driving home one day from work, and I was listening to Sirius Octane Radio, and uh, Rain's song, Liar, came on, which was their first hit single, and we're going to play that tonight. And I was immediately intrigued by the sound. They just had such a unique sound. I, I loved his style of writing. So I immediately went and uh, checked out his band and sent him a nice message indicating how much I enjoyed the music. And I do remember him uh, actually corresponding with me a couple of times back and forth. And I wanted to say that right away I knew that this band had something special. It wasn't just about the fact that they're amazing musicians and extremely talented songwriters who can pretty much write hit single after hit single. I have their album right now, and I'm constantly listening to it. Um, but really the fact that he responded personally to me and just you know, just sent a nice comment back to me just showed me how much um, he appreciated his fans and how, much, how important they are to them. And I think that's such a key factor today with fans. Um, and also the other thing that really intrigued me about them as I was reading more and more about them is his motivation and his dedication and his perseverance and the fact that he, he's pretty much launched his career on his own with the exception now of, of having some key persons in place um, to help manage it. But this is someone who's really doing this on their own, and I can, you know, again, express how much I can appreciate that and respect that. Um, so... Let me tell you a little bit about Reigns, and then he's going to come on, and he's going to talk about the bands and what they're up to, the tours they've been doing, et cetera. So they are uh, from, Jeff is from northern Indiana, and uh, he talks about in his bio understanding the meaning of hard work and struggles and life's challenges, um, especially what it means to be driven, serious, and committed to his family and his career. And he'll talk tonight about his members, but they include Andy Lyons on drums, Matt Hopkins on bass, and Jason Anderson on guitar. And uh, this band really commands the stage. They have a powerful sound. They express raw emotion in uh, their performances. And again, there's nothing trendy about them. They really are unique and original, and they definitely stand out from a lot of the bands that I'm listening to right now. So they currently have their debut album, Stories, out, and I highly recommend people check out this album. It is amazing. Um, and their hit, hit singles right now include the first one, as I mentioned, Liar, which was a top 15 hit on Sirius XM Octane. And the second single that he has out is called Look In My Eyes, which is another current single. And I think the third one might be Pressure, because I love the song Pressure, and I've been hearing that a lot, too, on uh, Sirius XM Octane. So I've said, I think, enough um, to introduce Jeff, so let's bring him on the air and let him uh, take over here. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, welcome. I'm so uh, glad that you joined me tonight, and um, it's going to be a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. So I hope the intro uh, did you some justice in terms of describing you and the band and... Um, Again, like I said, I'm really excited to have you on and do the interview and let people know who you guys are. Right on. Sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's start. And, and, again, feel free to interrupt me. You know, if there's any specific topics or things that you want to bring up, I want you to let I want to let you know that I'm very flexible and open to, you know, you discussing what you'd like to do. Okay. All right. All right, so let's start out then. Um, yeah, so why don't we start out by having you talk to the audience about what it was like growing up in northern Indiana. I'm assuming that's where you're from originally. Um, and yeah, tell them a little bit. Of, go ahead. I uh, grew up in a town of, 
think it was 1,500 people. And wow. I, I honestly hated it. I just was never like a small city person. And I always knew I wanted to get out of it. So, and I always knew I wanted to be a musician. So it all kind of worked out together. And, you know, I'm glad I came from there because it, I think it really humbled me and gave me a really good perspective on life and taught me a lot of things. So and I think that's paying off in a big way now. Cool, very cool. What do you think in any specifics or anything in particular that it was about Indiana that taught you what you're using now today? You know, I think I just grew not to expect anything to be given mm-hmm. to me because I grew up around, I mean, I used to work at all the trailer and RV factories and do construction, and that's what everybody I knew did. So, you know, everyone around me just worked so hard to make as much money as they could, which a lot of the time wasn't a large amount of money. So, right. you know, I think that really put the drive in me to kind of do what I needed to do to put myself in a better situation and do, you know, you know, the thing was is everybody I saw, you know, they they just kind of settled and they weren't happy with where their life was at. And I didn't work right. out for myself. Cool. Cool. Well, it's definitely paying off in a big way. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, so when did you start, you know, playing an instrument or, you know, knowing that you had this musical ability, how old were you? Uh, I think I was, 14, and I actually started on drums, and my brother played guitar, and then we both realized we were each terrible at them, so uh, we switched. <laughs> I gave him my drum set, and he gave me his guitar. And okay. And I just I kind of messed around with it for a while, and I tried to learn how to read music in school, and it just didn't work for me, so I gave up guitar for a year. And then I saw Woodstock 94 on MTV, and that was pretty much the turning point for me. I just, I mean that was when I knew this is what I have to do for a living. And if I knew wow. then what I know now on how, you know, all the work it takes to get to this point, I probably wouldn't have made that decision. <laughs> but luckily, okay. I was a stupid, luckily I was a stupid 15-year-old kid and thought, oh, I'm just going to write some songs and get discovered and I'm going to be a rock star. So, but it all ended up working out. Right, right. But that's interesting to hear you say if you knew back then what you know now you might not have done it I'm sure along the way and we can like skip around because I have a bunch of stuff prepared but I'm sure along the way you had encountered experiences and challenges where you said oh my gosh you know is this worth it should I keep going you know talk a little bit about that and how you know you persevered and and you became motivated enough to push through some of that stuff you know the whole thing is just such a learning process and Mm -hmm. Having having absolutely zero experience in the business, you you know I went I went to a local studio and recorded a terrible CD. But as you mentioned, MySpace had first started, so right. I got on there and just started pushing it out. And I ended up selling twelve thousand copies of that terrible CD out of my own house. And I wish I could get everyone of them back because <laughs> I'm embarrassed about it. But you know, then I hit a wall where it's like I don't even know where to take this from here. And that's where you kind of start thinking, all right, maybe I should just give up. And then all of a sudden, somehow another door opens and you go down that Mm -hmm. path. And then you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I learned a lot, but I'm at a wall again. And then you just keep working at it and another door opens and it's kind of the process. So through that whole process, you know, I spent the last 
where I spent 2011, basically, I had spent the four years before that, I had a, uh, basically learning. I'd kind of been screwed over a lot in the business, and but, but I was paying attention the whole way, learning what not to do and learning who not to deal mm-hmm. with. So last, or, yeah, last year, at the beginning of the year, I just thought, all right, I'm going to give it one final push and, you know, just see what happens. So I spent eight months putting together this brand new team of people. And then we end up on the biggest tour in the country and we end up on the active rock radio charts and we ended up where, you know, where I wanted to be the whole time. So it was a pretty cool thing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, congratulations for all that. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. A question that's, that's interesting that you say that you had some experiences along the way where, you know, people were probably not too honest to you and and probably took advantage of you and how, I mean, just talking about that a little bit in general, finding the right members, and you definitely found the right members, and I want to give, you know, Doug Weber a plug from um, New Ocean Media. Oh, yeah. He's been great and very, yeah, really professional. It's been, you know, great experiences corresponding with him and setting this up. So there, what are some things that you did encounter that you would, you know, say don't do this or avoid this as a scam, and then how did you come to terms to find the people you found today and were able to trust those people and know that they were the right ones? You know, like I, like I said, the past four years have been really rough, and we were kind of, mm-hmm. I was kind of, I don't know, blinded, not by my own decision, but with the people we were involved with, they kind of, you know, pulled the wool over my eyes and made me think everything was a little different than it was. Mm-hmm. So when we parted ways with them, I was kind of like, like I didn't even know where to start. Um, as far as putting a team together, I didn't know I needed a publicist. I didn't know I needed any, I didn't know what I needed. So I just started doing all the research I could and making phone calls. And along the way, luckily I had become friends with some pretty big radio program directors. So I would have hour long conversations with them and they would tell me, you know, here's a list of people you could talk to that we trust. And I'd go through that list and, uh, fly to LA or go wherever and meet with these people in person. And, you know, at the end of that, then we ended up finding, you know, the team that had Doug on it and all the other people involved. And, you know, it was basically the general consensus was this is a very trusted team of people and, Mm -hmm. you know, they had the track record to prove it. So that's what we went with. That's cool, and that's, I think that's a great, you know, really important and relevant point that you make is that, you know, networking and, and knowing people that you already trust and saying, hey, you know, do you have some names or some people you would recommend and kind of using that path to, to meet the right people because, believe me, I know a lot of people who have just, you know, had the, the wool pulled over their eyes and been scammed out of things and, you know, people just make these crazy promises that are just unbelievable and that they can't keep. So that's yeah, and the thing is, you have, you have to work so hard to get to these, you know, small milestones, and then as soon as mm-hmm. somebody comes, the first time somebody comes up to you and says, I can do this and this for you, and they do have a little bit of a track record, but not much, but still, you you get excited, and then they make a few things happen, and then that, then you put way too much trust in those people, and then everything just goes down the tubes. So, right. you know, the name of the game is really to do your research, be patient, and just stick with it and make the smartest decisions you can possibly make, the smartest, most educated decisions you can make. Otherwise, you're just screwing yourself. So. 
the current members that make up your band and um, have these. I know these haven't always been me members because when I was reading about you, I saw this someone's article and it was a crazy um, question that they had asked you. And you said like a week or two before the tour, a major tour you're going on, you lose a member or two. And so, yeah, tell us about yeah. you know your current members and a little bit about the background on on your band. Well, right before we just did the Five Finger Death Punch, All That Remains, and Hate Breed tour, and nice. about a w- a week before that tour started, I had two members quit. So I had basically one day to put together a new band. So my guitar player, Jason Anderson, has been with me for five years now, but I lost my bass player and drummer. So somehow it worked out, and I made a couple calls, and I I had a new band the next day, and then we did two rehearsals, and then we flew to Las Vegas, picked up our tour bus, and then drove to San Francisco and started the tour of Five Finger Death Punch. It was a very stressful stressful time (laughs) in my life. I can't even imagine what, I mean, and you don't have to give, you know, the reasons, and I respect that, but here you are on this major bill. I mean, what an unbelievable opportunity and experience for not only you, but the band in general, and these two people just decide to leave. I mean, what the heck was that all about? Well, the one, my drummer left because he had been touring with us for the past five years, and we were being mismanaged for those five years, so we weren't making any money on these tours. We were just I mean, we're just in a really bad situation, and a lot of people right. lost a lot of things, including homes and cars and all that stuff. Oh so gosh. after five years of that, and after five years of being told everything's going to work out fine, you know, you, you tend to get a little jaded, and that's what happened mm-hmm. with him. So it was completely wow. understandable. He happened right. to be my brother, so that kind of put it on a whole different level. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, But it was fine, you know. He let, he took, he let me know he was done, and then me me and my wife, my daughter went to a cookout at his house that night, and everything was cool. I understood. Right. Um, my, bass, sure. my bass player was in a different band that was, on, and is still in a different band that was under the same management that we were under, and basically the, they were making it impossible for him to come out and do the tour, and it just got so ridiculous. I basically said, look, you either put your foot down with your management or, you know, basically I'm not going to fly you in and out of this tour 10 times back and forth wow. and then fly replacements in. So basically, you know, he said, all right, I choose the other band, and that was that. So, so right. And it, actually worked, it actually worked out great. This is the best version of the band that I've ever had. So it, it awesome. ended up being a beautiful situation. Well, it seems like you said, you know, every time a door opens, one, you know, I'm sorry, no, excuse me, it's been a long day, I work in corrections. Um, every time a door closes, one opens. So it just seems like things are, just happen for a reason, and it's it's wonderful to hear that, you know, things are falling into place and being where they need to be for you and the band. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So what was it like being on tour with uh, these pretty heavy bands, uh, Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> and Hatebreed? And <laughs> what was that, that like? That was probably the the scariest thing I've ever done in my life because <laughs> we took the team because we thought Rev Theory was going to, like, we thought it was going to be right. us and then Rev, Rev Theory and then Breed and then All It Remains and then Five Finger Death Punch. So we jump on the tour, accept the tour, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, um, Rev isn't on it. And we're like, what? And I said, yeah, you're going to be 
opening for Hatebreed, and I thought, oh my God, this is going to be, uh, this, I, we're going to get bottles thrown at us. You know, it's, it's, it was, right. We were scared. Um, but it went surprisingly amazing for us. Oh, and now, like, if you get on our Twitter page or you see people saying, when are you and Hatebreed coming back to this city? And it's like, nice. I, ne- I never imagined we'd be put in the same, and I don't think we're in the same category as them, but people were, I, I just never imagined we'd be accepted by that crowd. So I mean, it was a really interesting thing. Yeah, it was, it, awesome it was cool, it you know, out. and now we're all, we're all really good friends. And guys, they don't, they don't deserve the name hate breed because just based on how nice they are. But <laughs> and they, get, and they, they get on stage and they do what they do, so. It works out pretty good. Cool. Well, congratulations. That's an amazing tour that you just finished. And I know that I was uh, looking on your page because I was hoping you were coming to New Jersey, but unfortunately I didn't see any shows. So you're going to head out next with uh, Cavo and uh, Blackstone Cherry? Yep, February 1st. That's nice. That's awesome. That's going to be a great bill for you guys. I think you'll fit really well with I love those two bands. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. It's going to be – it should be a really fun tour. Nice, nice, awesome. Well, good luck with that too. Um, Thank you. So yeah, so let's let's talk about your album stories. And uh, as okay. I mentioned in the in- intro, I've uh, listened to this so many times, and I just I love it. I listen to it when I work out right every on. day. Thank I mean, it's it's great. <laughs> it's really good. Right on. Thank you. Um, so. You definitely have your own unique sound. I have to give you that much. And, and even your, I love your style of writing, and I'm a vocalist, and just the way you phrase things and word things, it's just, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so unique and different. Like, describe right. for the audience you, your process and your approach to writing, because I think it's really interesting. You know, it started out as I just got so sick of the same BS cookie-cutter rock that was on the radio mm-hmm. where it's all about, you know, drinking and doing drugs and all that stupid crap. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to write stories and write about my own life. And, you know, if it connected with people, great. If it didn't, then at least I did what I wanted to do. Um, And it seems to be connecting very well with people. So I don't, I don't know what my process of writing is. I don't sit down one day and say, I'm going to write a song about this or I'm going to write, you know, it's just whatever happens, I write about. And if it turns into a song, then cool. And if it doesn't, then at least it's a cool story in my head. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. And what, just really quick, just to interject, because, um, JR, John Rankin from, um, New Music Inferno is in the chat room and he wanted to let me know, uh, wanted me to tell you how awesome he thinks you are. Right on. I love him. I've interviewed with him quite a few times, actually. Yeah, he's great. I used to, I co-hosted a show with him for a while, and actually he had me on as a guest a while back as an artist. So, yeah, he's awesome. Right so, yeah. All right, JR, plug to you, and everyone check out New Music Inferno with just JR. All right. So, um, yeah, so who would you say, Jeff, are some of your influences in terms of artists and musicians? Uh, when I was growing up, uh, it was very broad because of my parents. Uh, they would listen to a lot of country music, and then, mm-hmm. which I think I think is where a lot of my storytelling comes from. And then my dad bought me when he bought me my first electric guitar. He would, he said, "I'm going to give you this guitar, and you don't have to pay me for it, but I get to give you a list of songs every week that you have to learn by the end of the week." So 
So he'd give me a list of, you know, CCR songs or Web Zeppelin songs or whatever bands he picked, mm-hmm. and I'd have to learn those. I'd have to learn those songs every week, and you know that's kind of how it started. And then, like I said, I found Woodstock '94 and the whole Green Day mud fight thing. I was like, wow, I wanna, I wanna do that. And then I started finding out about Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and that whole Seattle grunge scene. And I think that's, you know, 75% of where my writing style comes from. I just got obsessed with that. And to me, that's some of the last great rock and roll music that's come out, you know, in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely awesome. So definitely, you definitely have a very eclectic and diverse background with your uh, influences. Very cool. Very cool. So let's why don't we uh let's talk about your song Liar, which is currently in the top fifteen uh hits on Sirius XM Octane and that was your first single that I ever heard and one of the right. major ones that uh has hit the airwaves. And I thought it was interesting and tell us a little bit about not only the meaning of the song, but I read um in another interview that the song almost wasn't originally picked up and you kinda had to push the people and said, you know, just just give it a try and if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't, but let's just what happens. Tell us a little bit about yeah, that. I mean, every, everybody just kept saying it wasn't heavy enough. It's not heavy. It's not heavy. It's not heavy. And it was like, well, regardless, like nobody could figure out what category to put it in. And right. It was just like, just try it. Just, just be a man and try it. You know, just let the people decide. Quit trying to make all these decisions yourself. Just put it out there and see what happens. Um, and they did, and it worked. Surprisingly right. to them, it worked. <laughs> so, so the song, it was, it's about me, honestly. My wife and I were going through a really tough time in our relationship, and it, that song is totally a reflection of myself um, during that time. Cool. Very cool. All right, so I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, we're going to check out that song for everyone to hear tonight, and we'll be back in a moment, okay? All right, awesome. Hold on. All right, everyone. Again, you are listening to Jeff Rains from the band Rains. We're going to check out their hit single, Liar, which is currently in the top 15 on Sirius XM Octane Radio. And please be sure to pick up a copy of their um, music and their current album out called Stories, which is available on iTunes and all major digital sites. So check out Liar, and we will be back in a moment. Lying on the bottom of a river bed, emotions are crumbling, an avalanche in the evening. Tonight, the story of a life made up in his head, he died for belief from her, he knows he needs her
everyone welcome back again to the Carrie Edelman show and we are interviewing Jeff Rains tonight from the band Rains and you just heard his hit single Liar off of his debut album Stories which is currently out please definitely pick up a copy it's an amazing album it's a great band and I think you will really enjoy every minute of it so let's bring Jeff back on all right you're back on now Jeff awesome song hey. thank you very cool love that track um so uh, let's see, where else can we go in terms of interesting things to uh, ask you? I think um, another interesting thing that I read about you is that you currently do not have a label, that you're doing this pretty much with the exception of your management team and the other uh, people involved are doing this on your own. Can you yep. tell the audience a little bit about that and why you've chosen not to go with a label? Started, I mean, from day one, I, I don't know, why and again it was probably a stupid 15 year old kid decision but i just thought i never wanted to be on a record label and now wow. somehow it's come now somehow it's come true so uh <laughs> and you know with the state of the music business as it stands now mm-hmm. I, you know i there's no way i would want to be on a label we we have everything that a label could offer us so there's just you know, they just take so much of everything. The, the artist works so hard, and the labels just take so much from the artist. You know, it's a, I think it's a lot longer road doing that, doing it that way. But I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the, the payoff is much, much bigger. And I'm, I'm sure that you've had labels approach you guys, especially you know where you are now. Yep. 
Um, yeah. What has that been like? Uh, humorous to me. Cause we get to tell the, I said it's, it's been humorous to me. Right, right, right. <laughs> we, you know, we get to tell them, sorry, but we're good. <laughs> you know? Nice. Which kind of makes nice. them mad, and then that makes me laugh harder, and it all works out well. So. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a re- that should be a reality show. Having someone go around filming you with the labels asking you to uh, join them, and you've been like, "Nah, we're doing it well, good enough on our own." <laughs> yeah, we're good. Like, we're yeah. this much money. I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it." Right, right. I, I mean, I can't. And again, I haven't been doing this nearly as long as you. But I mean, again, it's it's been for me very similar process where I've learned everything on my own. I've learned what works, what doesn't work. Um, and you know, unfortunately, I have my career as a clinical psychologist and. Yeah, something happened with the music, great, but I'm not, you know, doing it full time. So I don't have all the energy and time to, you know, put it in. But I can't tell you how much I agree with you. And just my own experiences, which are not even on the level that you're at right now, but just to hear a lot of bands that I've interviewed or, you know, even up-and-coming amateur bands that are like, yeah, we need to get a label, we got to get signed, and we're going to make millions and go on tour. And I'm like, like, you guys just have no clue. And I haven't even done half that stuff. And I just yeah, it's just not yeah. how it works for me. Yeah. Once the internet happened, the record labels were like, what in the hell do we do now? So exactly. they to take, to take more money from the artists. And then that didn't work, so then they decided to take more money from the artists. So, you know, all these artists are under this, living in this fantasy world where they think they're going to sign millions and millions of dollars, but that's just not the case. Unless you're right. a Nickelback or somebody like that, which I don't know their personal situation, but from what I'm told, they aren't doing too bad. So Right, right. <laughs> you know, but if you're anywhere under that level, uh, say you're a band my size, you know, there's just, you're just going to lose money. And you're right. going to lose everything you've worked for. So. Yeah, and I've heard, I mean, I've heard horror stories where bands, you know, and, and pretty decent name bands, you know, end up owing like, you know, 40, 50 grand back because of X, Y, and Z. I mean, just crazy stories that are just, you know, it's just so disheartening to hear stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just wow. heard of a band that sold millions of records and now, and they got dropped by their label and now they other label, I think, $600,000, something like that. And it's just crazy. And how, just educate me in the audience, how do you end up owing them money back? Like, what... What happens in those situations, as an example, where, you know, you owe them now for X, Y, Z, A, and B? What what are the things that you owe them for? Promotion and marketing. Okay. And, yeah, basically they give you such a small cut, and that cut you get has to go back to – or go to paying back that promotion and marketing. Uh, it's just impossible. They never balance out. So you're always, always, wow. always going to be in debt. So. Right. Right. Wow. That, that's, that's a very crazy. simple explanation. Wow. So, yeah, so what is your, I guess since we're talking about labels and the way things have changed with the Internet and social media sites, what is your impression of this whole Internet wave that's taken over with the Twitter and the Facebook and all these different ways that you can market your music and do it on your own if you're willing to put in all that time and effort? I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think if you mm-hmm. can manage your you manage your band right, you can stay independent and get to the level you want to be at. Um, you know, I know a big thing with the internet is people steal music, and you know the artists right. don't make any money. But in my eyes, that's simply not the case. Um, 
for instance, I've been at shows where somebody will walk up and buy five CDs, and then after they pay for them, they'll say, i got to be honest with you, I downloaded your CD off the Internet two years ago, and I gave it out to all my friends, but all my friends are here at your show. And it's like, right, and right, they're, right. Standing there with, they're standing there with five CDs. And it's like, okay, so it all pays itself back, you know. Right. I mean, they're still they're still coming to shows, and they're still they're still spreading the word, and it all works out perfectly. So some people do it completely different than I do, though, which is I, that's their deal. No, I agree with you, Jeff. I think I mean it, the internet has been just for me personally. Whether it's I do some writing for magazines and my radio show, and and even the stuff I'm doing just independently with my music on my own, I wouldn't I wouldn't be anywhere near where I'm getting today without it. Um, just the people that you meet, you know, if you're supporting people, hopefully in return, sometimes people are nice and they support you back. And I just think it's an amazing thing. I really do. Um, and yeah, I agree I think with you. The coolest you. thing about it is it, it, it gives the bands a, a chance to interact with the fans, you know. Right. As you said, you sent me a message on MySpace and I was able to respond to you. Like, And I love mm-hmm. that because we, we can't, no matter how anybody wants to look at it, bands cannot do it without having fans. And, you know, if you can't appreciate your fans, then you don't need to have fans. So, right. And that I was going to ask you that question, but you're kind of answering it, right, and just in terms of how important are the fans and the people that, you you know, you interact with on these social media sites and at the shows and, and all that stuff. Right. Well, it would be like McDonald's not having any customers. They'd have to shut their doors. Um, right. McDonald's shows appreciation to their customers, and they do specials, and they treat them well. They don't get their order right most of the time, but whatever. Um, you know, I, th- I just think think that's what it's all about. And that's as long as the band can stay focused on that, then I think they'll be in good shape. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think any form of entertainment, whether you're a comedian, you're a musician, you know, anything like that, you have to interact with the fans and you have to show them that you truly do value them and appreciate them um, or else it's going to, like you said, the doors are going to close and no more customers are going to be available. (laughs) So I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Um, So do you personally interact with a lot of the fans, would you say, or at this point because of the level you're at, you have more of the promotions team doing stuff? No, we 100 I. I do all the Facebook and MySpace stuff. Um, my guitar player, I don't understand Twitter at all. I have an app on okay. my phone that I can type, type stuff into, and evidently it goes out into the Twitter world, but I don't know who all it goes out to. Um, but my guitar player understands all that, so he responds to okay. all the people on there, and then I do everything else. And he, he, do, he does Facebook stuff, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's the band doing, you know, it's the band talking to the people. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Well, let's. Uh, why don't we introduce your second single that you released, which is called "Look in My Eyes," and mm-hmm. uh, tell the audience, yeah, tell the audience a little bit about that song, and then we're gonna take a listen to it. Okay, that song actually was about an ex-band member, and I was getting ready to fire him. And the process, I guess, part of the writing process is I write everything, and then I do everything in the studio, and then the band just tours live with me. So. Cool. Uh, a lot of the time the band doesn't even hear the song until after I get the masters back from the studio. So like I said, the song was about a band member that I hadn't fired yet. And we were having some beverages together at my house one night. And 
I got the master emailed to me, and I must have had too many beverages because I did, <laughs> I totally I, to, I totally forgot what the song was about, and I'm like, dude, you got to hear this. You haven't heard it yet, and I played it for him. And as soon as it was done, he looked at me and he said, that song's about me, isn't it? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay. And he turned around and walked out of the house, and I've never heard from him. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it was cool because I didn't have to fire him, but. Wow. That's pretty uh, pretty powerful. (laughs) You know, actually, the the first time I've heard from him was the other day when an interview popped up, and I told that story about the song. And he read the interview, and he texted me, and he said, is there any possible way you could change your uh, story on that song? He said, I feel like I've talked a lot since then. I'd rather not, or that not be out there. And I said, well, wow. the whole band's kind of based on honesty and, you know, telling true stories. So, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Right. And so. I wouldn't even know. I mean, you didn't mention the name of him, so I don't, I don't even know who he is. I mean, it's just, you know. Band member, no, I never mentioned the name of him. Oh, okay. So he's, but he's still, I guess, concerned that people are going to know it's him. I guess, but he was, yeah. he was only in the band for like a month, so. Oh, and we weren't oh, even like a real band then. We didn't even have the record done, you know. We hadn't even oh, toured yet, gosh. so nobody, nobody knew who we were. I'm like, well, nobody's going to know it's you. Right, but, right, right. Uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, why don't we uh, let's check out "Look in My Eyes." I'm gonna put you on hold again, and then we'll uh, we'll come back. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, everyone. Again, you are listening to the hard rock band Reigns with the lead singer and songwriter Jeff Reigns, and we're gonna check out his second hit single called "Look in My Eyes," which is currently played also on Sirius XM Octane Radio.
All right, everyone. Again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. You just heard the hit single, Look in My Eyes, by the band Reigns. Be sure to check them out at reignsmusic.com. And also, if you are in the area, they have some amazing uh, shows coming up, a tour coming up with Cabo and Blackstone Cherry. So definitely check out their tour dates and check out a show. Okay, we will bring Jeff back on now. All right, awesome song again. Very cool. Thank you. You're welcome. So um, I thought it was something interesting that you mentioned when uh, right before we went to listen to the song is that you write all the music and record it before you yeah. even present it. A bit. Wow. That's yeah, interesting. Uh, That's really cool. Uh, it seemed like, you know, I always saw all these bands kind of with a lot of inner turmoil, and I just thought, well, if it's just me doing all that or doing all the work, then if somebody wants to create problems, I can just fire them, you know? Yeah. As long as I don't get fired, as long as I don't get fired, we should be good to go. So. <laughs> right, right. So that's <laughs> that's amazing. So you, you pretty much then, you own all the music, and you're bringing yeah. people oh, yeah. in to play. Wow. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jeff, that was one of my biggest problems was just trying to find the right people to work with. And eventually it got to the yeah. point where I was like, you know what? I'll just do some recording stuff. That's all I want to do right now. I cannot <laughs> deal with four personality disorder musicians. <laughs> so Yeah, and the hardest part um, is, you know, when you're at, basically when you're not at a level at all, it's really hard to find dedicated yeah. professional mu- musicians, you know, because nobody, you don't have anything to show anybody to for them to take you seriously. So once I started realizing that, I thought, screw it. I'm, I don't need anybody else. I'll just do it all on my own. And I have, you know, when I have a song on the radio or when I'm selling records or I have a CD, then I should be able to get the people I need to get to exactly. play live with me. So that's, that's exactly how it worked out. That's interesting. And, and just I'm thinking of one of my um, one of my good friends who's a really good drummer and just the experiences he's had with trying to find the right band to work with. And he made an interesting comment one day because he's like, Harry, you, you have it differently. You can, even though you don't play an instrument, you write all your own vocals, you write all your own melodies. You just need to get, you know, people to come in and, you know, perform it and record it for you. He goes, I play drums. I don't write. So how do you, that's interesting. What would you recommend for someone like that, you know, who's trying to find a really pro-level, serious band to work with, but unfortunately just keeps hitting one roadblock after another? You know, you just hire, hire good studio musicians. If you can't play the instrument yourself, you hire people to come in and play whatever you tell them to play on your record, and that's that. And then, right. like I said, then you have then you have your product, and then you can go say, look, this is what I have. Is this what right. you're into? If so, you know, you can, then you can just figure everything out from there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah, so let's, uh, why don't you let the audience know again about where they can find your music, and then we'll uh, go over a couple more just fun questions that I'm sure fans would like to hear some interesting uh, comments and answers to. Okay. All right. So in terms of your website, it's just, if you want to just yeah, plug, plug your Twitter site, your website. All right, yeah. Stuff. Our website's rainsmusic.com. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash rainsmusic. Our Twitter, I think, like I said, I don't know how to use it, is, I guess, twitter.com slash rainsmusic. And MySpace, I don't think anybody uses it anymore. 
is myspace.com slash rains band. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, so I guess, you know, what do you, I mean, I'm sure you don't have much free time. What do you like to do in your free time when you're not, you know, doing music? What, what types of things do you like to do? Well, I have a record label, too, so I run that. So, I mean, any free time I have now, I just spend with my family. Um, nice. Like, we ju- I got off tour right before Christmas, so I had two weeks to spend with my family. And I'm now in a car with my two of my managers and another person on our, my team, and we're driving to L.A. And wow. we spend the, month of Jan- spend the month of January doing business in L.A. And then go right from there to the first show in Illinois with Blackstone Terry and Cabo. Cool. So stay pretty Very busy. Cool. <laughs> yes, I can see that. When did you, I didn't even know that, when did you start your own label? Um, right before, it was kind of this past summer, and I just wanted, you know, I hadn't really talked about it because I wanted Reigns to start getting where I wanted it to be. Because again, it's one of those things where I can go around and sit, go around and tell people, yeah, I have a record label. You want to sign to it? And they'll say, who else do you have on it? And I'd say nobody. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just wanted to get ratings to a certain level, and then once we hit a certain level, then I'm able to go say, okay, I have a record label. Here's the product that's on it, and here's what I can do for you. Very cool. Awesome. Congratulations. Much continued Thank success you. with that. That's amazing. Really cool. So what's your uh let's do some just fun questions, just you know, things that fans would enjoy. And I don't want it yeah. to be like dorky, but yeah, I think it would be fun. What's your okay. any favorite T V show you have? Um, let me think. If you have time to watch T V, I know you probably don't, but if you and it could be from a long time probably. ago, any yeah, I I watched T V a lot up until this last tour and I really haven't watched T V since then, but before then it was honor us. <laughs> I love the show Honorage, and this it's kind of funny because this trip to LA we're right now. I feel like I feel like it's our Honorage moment. So okay, cool. <laughs> very cool. Favorite movie you have? Any any favorite uh, movie that you have? Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Really? Interesting. Very cool. <laughs> and second, a movie sport? called Sports oh, Basketball. Basketball. Uh, basketball. I'm sorry. I'm the second. Yeah. Second favorite movie is called Boiler Room. You ever you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I oh wait, was that who was in that? Uh, uh, it's basically about making money. So Yeah, no, I didn't I've heard of it. I haven't seen that though. Mm-mm. It's a really good movie. That's really cool. Favorite color? Um either black or white. They're tied. Cool. Very cool. Nice. Awesome. So, yeah, so what else um, do you want to share with the audience? And then we'll uh, wrap things up for tonight. Um, well, if you haven't seen us yet, uh, we're going to be on the road all year next year. But if we happen to be in your city on the Blackstone Terry Cabo tour, it would be great to come check us out. And if you haven't heard of us yet, basically if you want to hear some real music for once in a long time, <laughs> uh, check us out. Awesome. Yeah, everyone check them out at rainsmusic.com. And, yeah, I would love to have you back on, Jeff, um, especially when you work on some new music. So please, please keep in touch with me. And that's actually a great question to end on. Where are you at with uh, potentially writing some new music and recording some new music? I I have a lot of new music written. 
actually part of the reason I'm going to L.A. is to go into the studio and start doing the second record. Awesome. Very cool. Very, very cool. So, yeah, so please, as I said, I'd love to bring you back on and we can promote some uh, new music, upcoming shows, whatever you'd like. Um, it's been a pleasure yes, having you on and uh, Thank you. very impressed very impressed by everything you've done and, and much continued success to everything you do. Right on. Thank you very much. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much and have a great night and, and good luck with uh, your management stuff that you're doing and have an awesome tour starting in February. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone, again, you just heard from Jeff Raines, the lead singer and songwriter of the band, hard rock band Raines. Please check them out at rainsmusic.com. They have an upcoming tour with Cabo and Stone Cherry, uh, sorry, and Black Stone Cherry. It's been a long day. So, um, yeah, please check them out again, rainsmusic.com. And we debuted two of their hit singles tonight, and uh, we will hopefully be hearing from them again in the future. So next week, tune in on, it'll be Wednesday the 11th. We got an awesome, another awesome Sirius XM, XM, a hard rock band coming on called Eve to Adam. So they're going to be coming on the show. You can check them out at evetoadam.com. Followed by on the 12th, we are going to have Romulus X Records band Shadowplay coming on the show. So we got two shows next week, back-to-back, awesome interviews, awesome music, Um, So thank you so much, everyone, for your support. If you're interested in becoming a guest on my show, you can search for The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. I have a bunch of information there about how you can contact me. I also have a personal page, a music page on Facebook under Carrie Edelman. You can follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. um, Sorry, at Carrie Edelman. And you can also visit my um, official website, which is CarrieEdelman.com. Thank you so much, everyone, again tonight. It was an awesome interview. If you tuned in late, check out the podcast. We're going to lead off with my title track, Leave It All Behind, which is off my debut album. And it's available on iTunes and all other major digital sites if you're interested in checking out any of the songs or the album. Have a great night, and we will be back next week. 